Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Caught me off guard. Hey, hey. welcome back to another great episode of the Scoreboard Addicts podcast. I'm Nick, and with me as always is Anthony the Rook, TJ, who is hammered, and welcoming a new member of our group, Stat Guy Sal, the intern. Welcome to the group, kid. What's up, guys? How are you? Hey, rookie. Welcome Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate you joining us. Of course. Now a fine episode of the Scoreboard Addicts podcast. I got to start this off right away. I don't like my video intro at all. Because you were last? No, not at all. I just look <laughs> like a douche. I mean, not that I don't always look like a douche, but I'd rather just a video be falling down the stairs or something entertaining. <laughs> you should have had him pushing his kid at it in front of the Christmas tree or something. <laughs> we'll have to uh, we'll have to re uh, re edit that. We're gonna we're gonna redo. We're gonna record better intros. But yeah, you couldn't yeah. you couldn't throw up the the TJ's tips clip of me dropping a bomb on the golf course. Jesus, I think oh, it's I gonna get. We're gonna get a clip of you and me opening doors next to each other and then banging each other. <laughs> Maybe working at a bottling factory. <laughs> Schlemiel, Schlemiel, Pepper Incorporated. We should do that. I will get us a tandem bike. <laughs> uh, where are you going to get a three a three deal bike, dude? I, I, you ever go down to the Jersey Shore where you like you know everybody gets in the, the bike car thing uh, and they pedal around uh, and they pay for it and then you walk past them yeah. at a brisk pace and they're like all sweating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrible. It's amazing. It's like you paid fifty dollars to go slow. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do it. I like it. I like it. All right, we'll Nick, start us off. <laughs> Here we go. So, uh, unfortunately, it's been a really crappy week so far. I'm not going to get into too many personal details, but publicly, uh, the America is mourning the loss of Bob Saget, uh, uh, an American icon for anybody who grew up in the '90s or or '80s, uh, from Full House, which everybody knows him from to uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, which I just always thought was a great... I thought that was a great show as a kid. That was like America's, America's Funniest hit in, Hits in the Nuts. And then uh, moving on to 2000s with How I Met Your Mother. For those of you who don't know, Bob Saget was, in fact, the voice of the narrator who's supposed to be older Ted. That was, in fact, Bob Saget narrating the show. And if you knew that, there's a whole bunch of little Easter eggs in the show about Full House uh, to include a cameo by Dave Coulier uh, where they say... He says he loves that guy or something like that. But uh, it's uh, it's a very sad uh, week in that regard. It was really, for me at least, sad seeing John Stamos and uh, Candace C- Cameron Bure on, on Twitter expressing their um, sorrowful feelings, obviously, because uh, a dear friend in, uh, of theirs for 30-some-odd years. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it's rough. We lost Norm McDonald at the end of 2021, and now we're starting 2022 off at a shitty pace. So, I mean, you're talking about two amazing comedians. I always find it funny when people have never heard Bob Saget's routines and you play a little for them, 
and they kind of freak out a little bit, realizing Danny Tanner, you know, says some awful stuff, and it's hilarious. So, I, I mean, his comedy career was awesome. Everybody in America knows him from Full House. I mean, the guy had a stellar career, very funny guy. And to see on Twitter just his peers, um, not not the fact that they're expressing sorrow, because everybody expresses sorrow when somebody passed away. Even if somebody you don't like passed away, you know, you, you're going to do the public announcement and uh, ride the sorrow train. But just how much his peers loved him and how much they said he was such an amazing guy, such a sweet guy, such a giving guy. So, I mean, that's always how he came off. And to find out that that's, you know, his celebrity wasn't, you know, far off of his real persona uh, as, you know, a kind-hearted, funny, just good-natured dude. I mean, it's it's rough. Yeah, I, I remember back the, uh, the roast of Bob Saget. Like, that was just mm-hmm. hilarious. I mean, he's... When you when you see Bob Saget curse for like the first time when you watched all those Full House episodes, it's just incredible. And uh, yeah, it's terrible. It's like uh, America's dad, you know, is uh, growing up with him. So it's just a sad story. I mean, I just reiterate the same thing TJ would say. So I don't want. I'm not gonna go too far into it, but it's a sad story to see. Sal's a younger guy. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely sad. Um, there were two versions of Bob Saget. There was a like the comedian guy and then there was the full house guy so it was sad to say i just randomly went on twitter one day or it was the other night and it tmz reported bob saget died i was like that was the most random thing ever like i i couldn't even believe it yeah my it's, I, it's so so weird my dad was actually just he called me like a week ago and he was like uh, Bob Sag is doing a show in Orlando and on yeah. the radio, they're like, you have to be 21 to attend unless you have a fake ID and then you're good. Like <laughs> as, as part of the advertisement. And I was like, oh, that's classic Bob Saget right there, you know? So He just did a show the night before he died. Yeah, in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah, he was, uh, he was touring a lot. He was hitting the circuit pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. But uh, our our condolences to his family, his extended family, the Full House cast, um, everybody that physically knew him, and obviously a lot of Americans are are upset about it because, like like you said, Sal, he's America's dad in more ways than one, right? He's America's dad, like on TV, the perfect dad that you 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 know, but then he's also America's dad, where like he's the real dad, where he tells dirty jokes and, and maybe more like America's uncle, you know. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, rest in peace, Bob Saget. America loved you. Cheers. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're going into the news story that we have for us. News for us is obviously we're available on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, Scoreboard Addicts. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Score Addicts Pod. Uh, everything else, Scoreboard Addicts, uh, if you look us up. Um, so moving forward, we're actually going to be available on the Belly Up TV channel that's coming on Tiki Live. Uh, we'll be sharing that link on our Twitter account and Instagram and everything else. Facebook. Um, we're going to start, I believe it doesn't start this week. It might start next week. Uh, possibly this Saturday actually might be our first episode. So uh, we'll be on at 7 p.m. until 8.30 on Saturdays. That'll be our uh, regular Scoreboard Addicts sports podcast. And then on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m., we're going to be doing our Screen Addicts episodes, which are the um, where we do movie reviews of sports movies and such. So be, look on, be on lookout for that. And then as well as the radio side of it, I think I put on uh, the wrong dates is what I'm just looking it up on our rundown. But so our dates for, yeah, so it's going to be Friday at 8 p.m. on the radio until 9.30 p.m. And then our Screen Addicts episodes will air on Saturday on the radio side of things. So 
once the radio gets up and running, uh, we'll be sharing that. So just be aware that, you know, we don't catch us live anymore or if you're not listening on Spotify, Apple or any other or anywhere else, uh, you know, podcasts are available. You can catch us on the Belly Up TV channel, TV Live and on their radio channel. So we're excited about that. New opportunities are opening up for us. And we'll be on uh, we'll be on your Roku's or your Amazon Fire Sticks soon. So look out for that from us. Yeah, yeah look I mean, out for our next. I think our next. Uh, we're gonna run a few old older episodes of uh, Screen Addicts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For in case you've missed some of those, we did some some uh, good stuff. Uh, Summer Olympic stuff, baseball stuff, uh, wrestling stuff. We did some of that. We reviewed Ready to Rumble, um, and uh, a lot of old '90s baseball. And uh, we did the Jesse Owens movie. Uh, but upcoming will be miracle uh, with the with the Winter Olympics coming up, and the USA ironically will not have pros in the uh, Olympics this year. So we'll be reviewing Miracle sometime in the very near future. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, great movie. You know, if you don't love Miracle, you just flat out hate America. It's so amazing. Uh, I'll be wearing my America sweater again. The thing's worn out, buddy, but I love it. <laughs> All right, well. But moving, moving on, on uh, for that, yeah. let's – let's. So we've got our, our new intern, Stack Guy Sal. And he's going to talk to us about a little uh, Brooklyn Nets. Talk to talk to us, Sal. Let's hear about the Nets. Yeah. So, Sal. I, so, is this something that's a fixable problem, or do the Nets have a bigger dilemma? Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's so corny, it's but it's a, so funny. <laughs> I think. It's, <laughs> I think it's a fixable problem. Uh, Kyrie is back finally. <laughs> Uh, he first two games he last week against the Pacers, 22 points, 32 minutes. This Monday again with the Blazers, 22 points, 40 minutes. So it seems like they're increasing his minutes each game. Uh, the only thing, the only problem is he hurt his ankle on Monday night. I don't know if you guys saw the video. He, no, I, I missed that. It was it it was a loose ball, and he went after it, and one of the Trailblazers kind of like slid underneath him and his ankle got caught so right now he's playing with a sprained ankle so and out all lamarcus alders is still out for tonight but the big three's in there so we'll see what happens i hope i hope they could win this is honestly it's a must win for them they have to win this game yeah now what do you think about the whole Kyrie thing that you essentially we know they're just giving away – they gave away games early in the season because of the whole COVID thing, which is just asinine to begin with. I was amazed that there wasn't enough pushback on New York City and the NBA, how you can have people come into your stadium, your arena, and not be vaccinated. But since you're an away team player, it's okay. But since you are home-based in New York, you are not allowed to play your home games if you're not vaccinated. And I think – I mean, I'm happy to see – the NCAA trended in the more normalcy range of saying, hey, guess what? If you already had COVID, you're you're technically uh, fully vaxxed. Because guess what? Even though, I, I mean, listen, I don't want to get political, but nobody wanted to touch the fact that, you know, natural immunity exists, whatever. They wanted you to get, you know, vaccinated, whatever agenda they had. It is what it is. But you have major... Uh, doctors and stuff coming out and saying, if you had COVID, it's it's just as good, if not better, than getting the vaccine because your body now has a natural way of fighting it. And the Nets are sitting there wasting money and wasting talent and not winning games or potential games that they could have won and just giving them away 
because of this outlandish rule that New York City has in place, and there's just no pushback for it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Honestly, I don't understand why Kyrie can't play. Like you said, a way a way players could play without being vaccinated. So why can't just because Kyrie plays for the Brooklyn Nets, he can't play because he's not vaccinated? Uh, Right, and then the problem is the problem I had is not enough players stood by Kyrie. Everybody wanted to seem, you know, especially listen. We know the political climate in New York City. Everybody just wanted to kind of throw him out and say, "Yeah, well, he's an asshole. Why wouldn't he get vaxxed? But it, it, it it's personal choice. It, it was his decision, and you're not just hurting Kyrie. And they want to spin it that Kyrie's hurting his team because no, no, no. Listen, it. If I say, hey, uh, Rook, you're going to hurt the podcast if you don't get a big uh, scoreboard addict's tattooed across your forehead. Is that fair? I mean, I can't make personal choices for you and then try to make it as if you're the problem because you don't want to do something that affects you in your own life. Yeah, that's some nice yeah. real estate you got there, Rook. I never noticed it. But if you did put a scoreboard like right here, <laughs> it's a billboard. That's a billboard. I'm just saying. My, my question for, for Sal is, is – are you upset they didn't try to do this sooner? Because now, originally, when it first happened, they were like, "We're not going to have them play away games," but then they they changed. I think they could, they got forced into it because KD is well. pl- they're not playing well. KD's playing too many minutes. Harden yeah. gets hurt a lot. He was just he, he just on Monday he didn't play because he hurt his knee. So uh, they kind of needed Kyrie. And the only thing is, yeah. every game away games is a must win because they have Kyrie and they won't have him for home games. So they have to win away games. It's like a must win every away game because you have Kyrie and you have the big three in there. It was nice to see that he stayed in shape. I mean, yeah. So I think he trained a a lot. But I I mean, that's, that doesn't seem like a guy that's selfish and trying to go out of his way and hurt his team. I mean, no, no, no. The New York media painted him as, uh, you know, vilified him essentially. And, 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 just don't look at the problem. I mean, what's next? Hey, if you don't, you know, get your left pinky removed, then, you know, you can't play basketball anymore and you're hurting the team. Regard of uh, TJ talking about the New York media, I've got one word to describe the New York media. Pajamas. 100%. <laughs> pajamas. Media pajamas. Flat out pajamas. Yeah, so pajamas means they're losers, people. All right? Losers wear pajamas. <laughs> So, Sal, do the Nets cover the minus one and a half or no? They currently I have? think so. I think so. The, you're going to say positive they win this game? Yeah. I, right. I'm going to go with the Nets. You don't you sound know, too so, confident. No, I'm not too confident. They <laughs> lost five out of seven. And yeah. they just lost to Portland. And yeah. the Chicago Bulls are really I, think good. I just saw him get a wrinkle just thinking about this. Yes. Yeah. His young age. aged. Since oh, just wait, wait, wait till Yankee season. I please, they drive, <laughs> they drive me crazy. If there well, is, you want to you wanna hear me? You want to hear me rant? Wait till Yankees. The Yankees start this lockout better end. By the way, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, I, I mean, you know what? That now that we're on the lockout, real quick, Sal, what's your take on it? Because me personally, if uh, you miss one game, I hope the whole season goes in the shitter. I really do. I really do because I just don't care about the self-centeredness. MLB players make far too much money to begin with. I feel like the MLB a- a- as an organization is a fucking sham. I think both sides you know, are a joke. Honestly, I'm not on any side. I can't, I'm not on no. the player side. I'm not on the league side. Man, yeah, but Manfred, I'm sorry. Manfred is just He's got to go. He, well, I he, thought Bud Selig was bad. This guy is... You know, I know. I, oh. 
you're absolutely right. But you know what? Coming from the the you know the original lockout in '95 that we all saw and how baseball suffered, it seems like both sides are willing to risk that and roll the dice with it again. And me sitting here as a fan, you know what? You miss one game. I hope the whole damn thing gets locked out. Lose hundreds of millions of dollars each. Enjoy yourselves. I really don't care. I, I hope that I hope MLB takes another big dip because guess what? You won't have the steroid guys to fall back on this time. Yeah. I wish I could say the same, but I, I'm a baseball fanatic, so I need my baseball. That, I need listen, I, I will. I, need I, it. I, I get to watch my son play t-ball, so that's uh, all the oh, excitement I need. You know, the that left fielder is eating grass. The right fielder doesn't have a shoe on, and somebody just beamed the guy in the third row, kind of Chuck Knobloch style. <laughs> <laughs> it's driving me crazy that there's no off-season moves, like nothing, other than signing coaches. That's it. That's not. Yeah. That's not true. What's today? Hold on. On the 15th, the Yankees will sign uh, Roderick Arias, the number one uh, international free agent. Right. Mm. True. I'm uh, waiting well, for Matt Olson. Number 60 in the MLB Top 100. Well, I hate, to, hate to wrap things up here, but uh, Sal, so we're going we're gonna to say goodbye to you for a little bit. So Sal's going to okay. stick around with us. He's going to be our stack guy. Anytime we have any issues, he'll be he'll be popping in and out to uh, correct us when we make a mistake. So yeah, Sal will We'll see you in a little bit, all right? We appreciate Clap you going up for Sal's, right. no Sal's first segment. Yeah, Thank good you. job. Golf clap. Golf clap. Golf clap. All right, later. Thank you. Our right, correspondent boy. on the streets, Stack Guy Sal. I don't solid, like how young solid. and handsome he is. I'm offended by it. I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I, I had smooth skin like that at one point. <laughs> We're going to cut back to Sal at some point, and there's going to be like four chicks on it. Be like, oh, guys, I'm a little busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got home, chicks at home, though. <laughs> All right, Night well, nurses we... from Jersey and Sal. <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward, uh, we're talking about end of the NFL season, NFL playoffs. What do you guys got for me? Rook, what do you got? NFL playoffs. Let's see the bracket. Show me the bracket. Yeah, give me, you know, let me pull up the bracket here. So we got we got some good games. We got 14 teams in the playoffs. Great guys go to the Titans and to the Packers. So it's a, it's exciting times. I I love the NFL playoffs. So, you know, I love the NFL season altogether. So, but here we go. Here's the playoff bracket here. Uh, let me just get rid of our uh, banner here. Hide that. Um, I mean, this these are the games that are going off right now. Uh, I mean, this week. Um, so we have Chiefs Steelers. Steelers are lucky to be in. After that, uh, that crazy Monday night, uh, no, Sunday night game between the Raiders and the Chargers, where it almost ended in a tie. I think the Raiders were actually playing for a tie, but they, uh, the Chargers called that timeout, and the Raiders were like, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna win, we're gonna, we're gonna go for the win and kick your ass out of the playoffs. Now. Rex did. Ryan destroyed the Chargers head coach for that. Yeah, he should rightfully so. I agree. Uh, then we got Bills, Patriots, uh, Bengals, Raiders. Um, we got Bucks, Eagles, uh, Cowboys, Niners, and then Rams, Cardinals. Rams, Cardinals is gonna be, I think that's like the game of this weekend, uh, only because uh, I mean those are two rivals, NFC West. They competed for first place the entire time, uh, and now they're facing off in the wild card round. So that should be exciting. Uh, that's that's my game to watch this week is the Rams, Cardinals, um, and. I would, if I have a second game to watch, it's gonna be Bengals Raiders only because uh, two teams trying to prove themselves still. I think with uh, Kevin Stefanski and Joe Burrow, 
and then Cincinnati, and then you have the Raiders who have had such a crazy year uh, with all the Henry Ruggs, the John Gruden stuff, and here they are in the playoffs. So should be good. I actually like the Raiders in that game. Uh, I think they're getting the points in that one. They're going to be underdogs there. So can I see that? Can I see that? That up yeah, I'll put that up. No problem. I'm trying to figure out where Kevin Stefanski fits in here. Isn't he he's the Bengals head coach? He is not the Bengals head coach. He's the Browns head coach, brother. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so stupid. <laughs> Zach Taylor. Why did I Zach say Taylor is the, is the Bengals head coach? Yeah, that was a Joe Burrow fan. I totally. Blanked on the name. Oh, what an idiot! I am. <laughs> All right, listen. While, wait a second. While we have this up, I mean, what? Quickly. Why, why don't keep we run down who? Who? We, yeah, keep it up. Why don't we see? Uh, I'll go first. What do you guys? Who do you guys think are coming out of each game? I mean, if uh, I'm going just right down, like uh, left uh, side down on the AFC side, I think uh, Chiefs should roll right through the Steelers. I'm not impressed with Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers at all. Um, I think the Bills and Pats game is the game I'm looking forward to the most, if I can be honest. I, I think, uh, you know, you, you got to – the Bills are a better team, but the Pats have a better head coach. And you you know what? You don't go against Bill Belichick in the playoffs. He doesn't have Tom Brady, but the guy still has some lead in the pencil and can come up with something crazy. So I'm looking forward to that game. I still think the Bills come out on top. Bengals and Raiders for me is a toss up because the Raiders and Bengals have those streaks of you don't know what kind of team they are. If they come out, you know, firing on all cylinders, either team can come out with the win. I'm going to go with the Raiders on that one. Um, and then versus Chiefs versus Titans, I think Chiefs make it through. Uh, Bills versus Raiders, I think Bills make it through. I think uh, on the AFC side, you end up with the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, going to the NFC going side. Way. You pick, yeah, absolutely thing. taking the Chiefs oh, the whole wow. way. That's a ways away, sir. Yeah, I understand that, but I'm taking them. Well, listen, we'll obviously have to redo this because I'm always wrong. But <laughs> next week, but, well, if you were right, you wouldn't be here. That's yeah, that's true. Um, down in NFC side, uh, Bucks Eagles. I think the Bucks roll through to a win. Cowboys 49 is going to be an interesting game. Um, I think Garoppolo is another one of those guys that could either show up or be a big letdown. But I think the Cowboys come on top on that one. Rams Cardinals that is going to be a great game. Um I don't know that I, I my gut says go with the Cardinals but I feel like the Rams are going to come out and, and and pull a fast one and, and come away with the win, you know, score fast and hard and put the Cardinals on their backs. Uh so I'm going to go with the Rams on that one. And then I, I you know what honestly I'll, I'll save all the other games the Packers are rolling right through to the Super Bowl. You're going to have Pack, Packers versus Chiefs. All right. Well, Nick, what do you what do you got? I mean, you don't have to so, uh, you don't have to check the entire thing, but you could just. I was just gonna pick. It's fun just because if you get them all right, you make yourself feel good. I'm picking. I'm picking Chiefs, Bills, uh, and Bengals. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Bucks, Niners, Rams. All right. Okay. And, and, and 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 only reason I put I picked the Bengals is because of you, Rook. Because I know you love Joe Burrow. Apparently, you've been an LSU fan all these years, and nobody ever knew it. Not an LSU um, fan, a Coach O fan. When Coach yeah, O went to LSU, whatever. whatever. Uh, if I wasn't going to pick the Bengals, I'd say that the Raiders are going to go to the Super Bowl just for John Madden. Yeah, that'd be awesome, actually. Um, cool so, deal. actually, I'm a little bit different than you guys. So, I do obviously I believe the Chiefs, I believe the Bills. Uh, I do think the Raiders might actually upset the Bengals. I'm kind of not 100% sure there. Uh, the Bengals actually win that game, but the Raiders just seem like they're coming off high, uh, good game. Grand on the road, but I would definitely take the points in that game. 
the Raiders. Uh, I think Bucks roll over the Eagles. Uh, Niners Cowboys is gonna be interesting. Um, but I still think the Cowboys, I think their defense is a little bit better than the Niners right now. The Rams, Cardinals, I don't even though the Rams have that, you know, they made all those trades to make their defense better. Uh, you know, and they just signed Eric Weddle, uh, who just unretired to come back. Yeah. It was a face. <laughs> Guy's like a hundred years old. Yeah, he just came back. He unretired. He hasn't played since 2019. Uh, he came back. That he's going to play safety for them. So I'm actually going to go with the Cardinals in that one. I would hope so. He played safety when he retired. So if he played like kicker, I'd be really disappointed. <laughs> no, so uh, he's. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals there. I think the Cardinals have a better defense. I think they have a better. Uh, they have a better team. I know both teams are kind of limping into the playoffs right now, but I'm still going to Cardinals there. So those are my picks for the for the first round of the playoffs, and I'm excited for it. Playoff football. I am better. The only, thing I really, the only thing I really loved about the ending to Sunday was Monday morning, or it might have been Tuesday. Credit to NFL memes. Uh, it's a shame the Raiders and Chargers didn't just agree to end with a tie. Then Ben Roethlisberger's career would have ended because of mutual consent. Fortunately for him, the Chargers were dropped. <laughs> That was a phenomenal, phenomenal tweet from NFL memes. 100%. I I don't like the farewell tour to Ben Roethlisberger because you know what? This guy guy did something way worse. I mean, going by public opinion. Going by public opinion and the facts that we have, Ben Roethlisberger is a way worse person than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson seems to be a rub and tug kind of guy. And he's getting sued right now. I mean, there's no criminal charges. They, they, they haven't been. He hasn't been arrested. Nothing like that. It's all civil suitcase. Which I mean, obviously, in what goes on in today's world, you lean towards people looking for a payday. So you tend not to believe them. I, I hate saying that because I don't know anything. But from court of public opinions, I think Ben Roethlisberger, his farewell tour, how everybody's going to push his two alleged sexual assaults under the rug because he's he, three. Excuse me, three. He's got um, more sexual assault accusations than he does Super Bowl rings. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the the guy seems like an awful fucking human being. I don't care he won a Super Bowl. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It, it, it's he's an awful human being, and and this, you know, goodbye tour and how ESPN and the NFL Network are propping him up. And I mean, he had a shit year. Let's call it what it is. He was not impressive at all this year. They managed to eke their way into the playoffs. It, they weren't. The Steelers were not a good team to watch this year at all. They were boring ass games. They were winning games 10 7, 10 6, 12, you know, whatever. It, it was a bullshit year for them. They eat their way into the playoffs. I, I hope they get absolutely curb stomped. I'm glad you said yeah. curb stomped. I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think I was gonna say? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what I thought you were gonna say, but considering so I thought you were gonna say something else. Yeah, I thought you was gonna say the other thing too, but good thing you didn't go there. But wow, yeah, you I guys agree are with dirty. You. I agree with you. I think I think there. If you're going to rank those teams, one through fourteen, they're fourteen, hundred percent. And they I backed, think they back in. They needed somebody else to lose. Yeah, they backed in. Yeah, I mean, they could have easily been out of the playoffs. I mean, they they almost lost that game to the Ravens. The Ravens could have been in. Um, so it very easily could go the other way. With the Ravens' backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah the Ravens' backup. Quarterback. They won that game in overtime too. Amazing. The Steelers. So yeah, the Steelers it, are not a good team. And the last time they faced the Chiefs was a couple weeks ago, and it was like they lost by like 30 easily. Yeah. wasn't even competitive. So, yeah, I, I, I think I saw some memes going around that said uh, 
the Kansas City Chiefs are holding Ben Roethlisberger's retirement party this Saturday. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, but talk about Super Bowl picks. I, I'm I'm going Packers, Chiefs, Super Bowl. Packers, Chiefs. Yeah. Well, TJ, um, who was yours again? Say yours. Uh, Packers, Chiefs. Same. Yeah. Same one. Oh wow. I'm gonna have to look at this again. Let me pick. Unless uh, the Raiders win, and then it's Raiders, Packers, Super Bowl, John Madden. Um, we miss you, John. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go. Uh, I know Nick doesn't like this, but uh, Bills Mafia. I'm gonna say Bills. Give me Bills Cardinals. Bills Look, I don't Cardinals. have a problem with the Bills. I have a problem with their fans referring to themselves as Bills Mafia. They live in bumfuck New York. They're more likely Bills Canadians than they are Mafia. There's nothing Mafia about Buffalo. Buffalo is known for Buffalo wings and fucking Cheerios. They're not fucking Mafia. It's a It's a stupid nickname. That would be like Canadian Mafia, eh? Like, no. Like, they're known for fucking Cheerios, Buffalo wings, and illegal Canadians. That's what they're known for. Well, I'm going to go Bills, Bills Cardinals in the Super Bowl. And I piece think. of shit owners. I'm going out on a limb. Mine's a little uh, risky, but I'm still go Bills. Uh, Bills Cardinals. So, in what direction does the field goal that makes the Bills lose go? Uh, it's gonna go left this time. Wide. wide left. All right, wide left. Got it. Wide left. Yep. All right. <laughs> How ashy are KD's ankles? I'm watching the Nets game right now. That guy Sal, can you get me a stat on how ashy <laughs> KD's <Wow>. ankles are? <laughs> Jesus. All right, moving on from the NFL playoffs, uh, it's the uh, coaching carousel segment. Uh, This week, unfortunately, Honduran Brian Flores from Brooklyn was released by the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Zimmer was let go by the Vikes. Uh, Nagy was let go by the Bears. Stop Bears. And uh, Vic Fangio let go uh by the uh by the by the Broncos yes with the Broncos uh, as well as John Gruden and Urban Meyer being let go <laughs> by the Raiders and uh Jacksonville Jaguars respectful respectively um and you're forgetting the big one thoughts? would say that I, I was I was gonna hold that for our Giants segment well yeah I know I know but you Joe Judge was also fired but we'll get to him later uh, what are you guys' thoughts on those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys getting fired? And who is in the discussions to replace any one of them? Go for me, TJ, because you look like you got something to say. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the most undeserved one is the Flores firing. I mean, I, I think for Hate the Brown team guys. that he had, the team that he had yeah. and, and, and the games that he put together, I mean, look at that last game of the season. You're going to tell me that guy wasn't in control of that locker room. You're going to tell me that guy didn't have a game plan going into every Sunday or Monday night football game. Um, I, I, I think that was outlandish. I think that the Giants are out of their mind not to throw him a quick email and be like, hey, come into town. Come on. You know what? A, a perfect situation. Same same kind of climate in the locker room. Young guys building up, trying to make your, make your team into something that they're not and haven't been for a while. Uh, I, I would definitely give uh, Flores a look. I, I know every time this year they want to talk about Bill Cowher. No, Bill Cowher is very comfortable calling games from a booth and being warm and not having to work his ass off for 50 weeks a year. He's Same very thing comfortable. With Rex. Yeah, right. Same thing with Rex mm-hmm. Ryan. And, and yeah, I don't think you're getting Bill Cowher out there a, at all. Um, I know uh, they're talking about what's his name from Michigan. Um, help me out here. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. And I, I, I mean, let Jim Harbaugh stay in college. I, I think Brian Flores is the way to go. I think he 
I mean, he's been part of the, the I'm, nothing against Jim Harbaugh. He's been coaching in the NCAA. So you've got a guy coming in that has to get his feel for the NFL again. And I think Brian Flores is primed and ready to go. I think it, it was a joke that Miami let him go. I think they're, you know, that's their loss and somebody else's gain. And I'm not a giant hater, even though it's fun to diss on the Giants and the Giant fans. But I think if they picked him up real quick or they hire their GM, I think which would be the better thing to do, let their GM come in. If their GM decides to go with Ryan Flores, I think that would be great for the Giants, great for New York. I think he's ready to go. He's ready to win. Be, uh, before we get to Rook, I just want to point out, uh, this is my own personal opinion. I don't feel like uh, Brian Flores is what the Giants look at as far as what they want their head coach to look like, if you hear what I'm saying. Same reason that they won't draft Bryce Young to be their quarterback. Uh, you know, they like the fact that Daniel Jones looks like a Giants quarterback. He looks like All milk right? toast, like Eli Manning. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stack Isal says KD needs some lotion. So that's our discussion Fact. about the stats on KD's ankles and how ashy they are. But you know what? Um, before before you cut away from me, I think uh, other than Brian Flores, I think the, the worst firing is the Gruden firing. I'm not saying the shit that he said or emailed or whatever was in those emails, you know, is okay. It's not okay. But when you can be fired for something that happened 10 years ago, um, I, I think it's a joke. We all have done shitty things in our past that we learn from, hopefully, and grow from. Um especially inside emails where you don't know the tone of him goofing around. You know, listen, a lot of people are offended by a lot of, a lot of jokes today. I mean, you got comedians apologizing for taking pictures with Dave Chappelle. I, I like get over it. Okay. I, it's, I think 10 years is a little much to backtrack on a guy and fire him. I think that the Raiders were better off with Gruden. I think Gruden's a great head coach. I'm not saying we should forgive him for what he did or whatever he said, but I think drudging up something from 10 years ago is asinine because none of us here, you know, can sit here and say we haven't made mistakes over the last 10 years. And I, I don't remember my mistakes, you know, mistake from 10 years ago. I can barely remember the mistakes I make on a day to day basis. I uh, in, with regard to that, I just talking about that. Our, our president was quoted get, being against integration, you know. 50 right. years ago when, he, when right. he first started in politics, he was against integration, but he's allowed to be president of the United States. So there is some form of forgiveness that goes on. Um, it's just not for everybody, I guess. Uh, I will say for the younger people out there, stack guy, Sal, never write anything that you think may be perceived as unprofessional in an email. I'm at work all day long. I have people that send me emails and say, Hey brother, my response is always rank or sir. That's it. Like, I don't ever respond to anybody. What's up? LOL. I don't write LOL in an email ever because if I'm writing LOL. Whatever preceded that is probably something that if they cut off the LOL can be construed as disrespectful or unprofessional. So for all you young people out there, if you're writing an email or a text message to a, a work coworker, 100% professional. Do not – don't fuck with people. Don't give them an opportunity to fuck with you either. You know, if you're at work and you're using your work email and you're talking about work shit, be 100% work. If you send somebody something off color, they better be your best friend. That's just my my two bits on, on emails and John Gruden. Uh, Rook, what are your thoughts on the coaching carousel? 
Well, I agree with TJ. I think Brian Flores shouldn't have been fired. He, I granted they started one and seven, but he got a one and seven team to win seven straight games, which has never been done before. To lose seven straight and then win seven straight, they were uh, they end up being eight and eight, missing the playoffs, and then they made then they won the last game of the year nine and eight. So they were out of the playoffs, and he got a team that was playing against a Patriots team that was actually playing for something. They were playing for first place, and they won that game to become nine and eight. So I mean. I, I don't. I agree with TJ there. He shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been fired. I don't know where TJ went, but when he comes back, I'll bring him back. But he, um, you know, he shouldn't have been fired. Uh, as for, um, well, you know, Vic Vangio, I think it was time for him to go. Um, the, with the Broncos, they do need a quarterback. It's not really his fault. He's had, you know, Drew Luck and Teddy Bridgewater, and he didn't really have not Drew Luck, Drew Luck. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Vic Vangio, I, I get. They need a new voice there too, but you know he didn't really get a fair shake there. Our guy fair. Dennis is is thrilled that they got. Yeah, he there. loves it. I know. I agree. I mean, obviously, I mean, same way of me with Joe Judge. I mean, you could make the same argument for Joe Judge that he didn't get a fair shake because he didn't have a GM that brought in a good roster. You know, I mean, you said that about Adam Gase, but that's a lie as well. Yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm not saying that it is, but people do go with that narrative. You know what I mean? Like that's a narrative people do push sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the other one. Um, I'm trying to think who was the uh, oh so Urban Meyer obviously was needed to go. That I think he was trying like, to get fired. He was trying to get fired. He wanted the job and he wants to go back to college. He even said it uh, earlier this year. He told uh, I forget who it was. I think it was, he was Vic Fangio somewhere. I think he was playing the Broncos. He told Vic Fangio. He said every every week in the NFL is like playing Alabama. Like that's how hard it was for him to coach. No NFL. shit. No, I understand, but that's what like he didn't realize that going into an NFL job that it was gonna be hard. I'm gonna boo no, fucking Urban Meyer for staying stupid uh, shit like that. No shit, it's the NFL. Yeah, Urban Meyer's exactly. a clown. It's it's that was another one. Um, and then I think the rest of them I think were pretty, you know, pretty earned. Do you think Matt Nagy got fired because he couldn't work with Justin Fields? I just think he wasn't really – I think he might have lost the locker room. I don't think he was that competent yeah. at this point. Yeah, I think I mean, so. I'm just saying I, I see Nick Foles go in there, beat the Seahawks. They did. No, they I did. I see Andy Dalton go in there. He's winning games. But Justin Fields just couldn't get it. The, yeah. It was the first time that the Bears had drafted a quarterback that high. Yeah. In a, in, in a long time. Yeah, no, I and, agree. I think and their, and their diamond is looking like like Cole mm-hmm. with, their, with their coach. Yeah, I think with Mitchell Trubisky, he went to, um, you know, he he went there and he went to two playoffs, you know, with with, with Matt Nagy. I mean, and Mitchell Trubisky is not that great of a quarterback either. So, I mean, for this, uh, I mean, I know I think I, I think the same thing as you could say, but I know I think I I agree with you sort of that might be some, Justin Fields and him probably didn't get along too well, and they're thinking to themselves, well, we just drafted this, this quarterback, we needed to work out. Let's bring someone who probably works better with them. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they got their – The thing is with with these guys compared to what I'm going to go into with the Giants is that these guys were actually getting their their guys to play for them uh, as compared compared to Joe Judge, where it was lifeless. So you let's could, let's roll into the Giants. Go go. Okay. So Giants. basically, he said Giants. So basically, what happened was obviously after Sunday, Giants another embarrassing loss. They only scored seven. They only scored one touchdown, seven points. Is that uh, their first touchdown in what? Three games, four games. So the last time I scored a touchdown, I think they won. I think they scored ten in week fifteen, I believe, and then they scored twenty-one points against the Chargers in week uh, fourteen, I believe, or, or thirteen. But the um, touchdown that he scored on 
Sunday was their first touchdown in what seven quarters or something like that? Eight something quarters? like that. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Whatever it was, it was embarrassing. So after that game, everyone knew Gettleman was going to be retired, but he's basically being fired. I don't think Gettleman. I think he got off easy. I think with him, it was he. He's not a you know when Tom Coughlin got fired, you know they gave him that that retirement, which was appreciated for someone who actually brought two Super Bowls to the New York Giants. He was a winning coach in the New York Giants. He deserved to get that retirement to gracefully go off into the end instead of getting, you know, fired. Gettleman did not. Giants fans deserve the satisfaction of hearing Gettleman be fired. How how do you feel about the fact that Jerry Reese, who was also part of those two Super Bowl winning teams, not getting that courtesy? He got fired in the middle of the season. Exactly. And that's Gettleman. 100%. I agree. I agree 100%. That, that shouldn't happen either. It should be across the board. The fact that Gettleman got that you know, courtesy is absolutely ridiculous. But moving on to from there, it was a report early on from Josina Anderson saying that uh, Joe Judge is going to remain the coach. And I think on Monday, everyone was just like, are you kidding me? You're going to bring in a GM who's going to have to take over this coach who the, it looks like the locker room is lost. I mean, they did not play for him at all. Brian Flores was one in seven, and he got his team to a winning record. And Joe Judge is going to stay. He's not going to be fired. And I think that was mind-boggling for a lot of Giants fans, and they were very upset about it. So everyone on Twitter was losing their, their minds about it. Then from there, um, there was also reports that came out that Joe Judge apparently wanted to be a part of the search for the GM, which to me is like, no. You're lucky you're still in the building right now. You're lucky you got a second shot, all right? So maybe just sit back in the corner and keep quiet before we start bringing attention to you and we get you out of this building. That's how I saw it when I heard it. When I heard that report, that's one of those things you know, where he's trying to keep his job. Well, yeah, but why would he? He, yeah, exactly. He shouldn't be involved in that. As soon as I heard that, I was like, "This is this isn't going to last long. He's got to have to be fired soon." And then the reports came out, and I'm Schefter, Justine Anderson, um, was Ian Rappaport. They all reported that he was being fired, and rightfully so. And then today we had the odd uh, press conference from John Mara, who I don't even understand how he did this, but he did a Zoom press conference but wouldn't allow it to be on any media outlets. Like you, it wasn't on SNY. It wasn't on MSG. It wasn't allowed to be on WFM, which is the flagship station of the New York giants. It was, it was meant to be a zoom with him in the press. And he told the press, if you're going to ask a question, it's going to be one question only. And I think the press conference only lasts like 17 to 18 minutes long. Like it wasn't that long of a press conference or something that had just happened. It's pretty big. You'll get rid of your GM and you get rid of the coach. And you're going to give each media member one question, no follow-ups, and you're only going to talk for 17 minutes. And in that conversation, his press conference was one of the things I, I think might have been the ending for Joe Judge and what, how bad this really is, is that John Mary even said it himself, the he thought rock bottom came during this season, and then the next week just got worse, and then it got worse again. I mean, the third and nine uh, on your own four with a QB sneak – I think that's the nail in the coffin for for well, that was the nail in the coffin for Joe Judge. You cannot do a QB sneak from your own four, and then afterwards in the press conference say, "Well, we needed more space for uh, to punt the ball." Like so, that, you weren't even trying. Is, yeah, is the you, answer. exactly you were not trying on third down to attempt to get those nine yards. And to me, that's that's like a sign of a quitter. I do not want a coach. I wouldn't want to pay, play for a coach that is quitting on third down 
when you have an extra down. And granted, you're probably not going to get it because the Giants are terrible, but you at least try, goddammit. And then for a coach like that, I think Jay Glazer reported a couple weeks ago that he lost the locker room. They said coaches were walking on eggshells around him. The players were unhappy. They didn't believe in the system. Once that comes out and the and ownership knows about that, you need to make this move. And the, the, the Maris finally got something right, and they fired Joe Judge. I just hope that in the GM search – uh, and the coach search, it goes just as well. Um, I think with GMs, don't ask about the GMs. I don't really know a lot about all of them. Um, you talk about coaches and stuff like that, I believe. And I think Jim Harbaugh is a, is a good candidate. I like Brian Flores. I'm with TJ that. That email should have been gone out already to bring him in. But I think they're going to do it right this time. They're going to go through the GM, see what, pick the GM first, get a coach, and then move on from there. So, uh, uh, A, Jim Harbaugh is a douche. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think he's an asshole. He's a piece of shit human being. He really is. Uh, he, he's the kind of guy that coaches in college and he's like, goes to people's houses and promises their parents that he'll take care of them and make sure that they stay out of trouble. And then he quits before the season starts to go get a new job. And to me, that's not a, that's a dishonorable human being. And I have zero, very little regard for Jim Harbaugh. I think he did it at Stanford where he recruited guys and was like, I'll be here to, you know, for your kid. Uh, no, I'm not going to the NFL. And then he, he dipped and went to the NFL. I, I just don't think he has any honor or integrity. And he's a bad piece of shit kind of guy. And, and Nick has a good track record with uh, being a pretty good judge of character. I mean, right at the get-go, Nick was all over Joe Judge and how much of a piece of shit he was. So He did. He was. Yeah. I give him uh, the doubt because I didn't yeah. want to see the Giants go through their third head coach. Uh, yeah, but you know what? It, 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 at a certain point, you have to admit it, it's it's the organization itself. It's the fact that they always look to hire from within. They always try to bring a mm -hmm. friend of a friend or a family member or something like that in, yep. and you're doing it wrong. And essentially, the Giants are the laughing stock of New York at this point, and they really need to reorganize and rethink how they're going going forward, how they're going to run their organization because they're they're a laughing stock and. It, 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 it's like the old adage, if, you know, at first you don't succeed. You, you know what? Try, try again until you fucking lose every goddamn game. And when are you going to wake up and realize that your organization as a whole is failing on all cylinders? You're coming out with nothing and you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. I understand you don't want to keep going through, you know, the trials and tribulations. And you have people out there in the sports media saying, you know, to not let Joe Judge have these growing pains and build from it is no, no. Have you been watching? You can't. It, it's not like the guy lost because the team sucked, or he lost because his the game plan he came up with at the beginning of the season didn't work. He lost because he just is a loser. I mean, he's a born loser. He's never gonna win. That's it. it, it he's a, you're a loser. You're he, he's a phony. You're a phony. Listen, he's pajamas, bro. But it, it, it's pajamas. It, it, it's they're <laughs> laughable. It, you you know what you're getting every year now with how you're running the team. Try something else. Go outside your organization. Go with somebody like a Brian Flores. That's coming I like an Brian outsider. Flores a lot. I like okay? Brian Flores a lot. And just to just to bring this up as well. I mean, the Giants have been inept for the last five seasons, and like you said, they're doing the same thing over and over again, hiring from within. Going to somebody's friend, and this is what it what it's come down to: worst records in the NFL. Here we have twenty two and fifty eight, tie with the Jets. Even the Jags and the Lions are better in the span of two of, of the five years uh, in the NFL. 
it's 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 an embarrassment. Uh, Sal just messaged us. He said, you know, John Mara said that it was the most embarrassed he's ever been of the franchise in his life. So, I mean, that's that's regard to the, uh, the sneak with with regard to the sneak. But yeah, with right. Re regard to the sneak. Regard to the sneak on the on the on the nine. Right, but they should be uh, embarrassed. Well, they have nothing to not yeah. be embarrassed about. I mean, it's it's. The Saquon Barkley pick, embarrassing. You don't pick a running back so, there. Nobody I disagree. picks a running I disagree. back there. I, I'll stop right there. I don't think that the Saquon Barkley pick is embarrassing because if he ends up being a Hall of Famer, it's not embarrassing. The problem is, is that he's been injured for two of the four years he's been on the team, and he's not been a pro ball back. That's why it's embarrassing. Nick, was let me ask you this. Just a quick, quick rundown of questions because it, 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 the, the pick doesn't make sense. Were they running back away from being Hold a on. playoff contender? They, they weren't, but I'll tell you why the pick doesn't make sense. Because they didn't make the pick make sense. Because if you draft the guy to play running back, but you split him out as a wide receiver every so often, and you win games solely because of him, the pick makes sense. Yeah, but, but the guy doesn't. Do He's a running back that doesn't run downhill as a big guy. He needs space. I don't, That's not his I don't job. Disagree with you. I don't disagree he, with you. He, the he, concept he, that I'm saying, though, is of drafting a running back that high – is, that's not a problem. It's how you use him. If you use him the way the Steelers used Le'Veon Bell or the way the Chargers used he's not Le'Veon Bell. Tomlinson, he's not Le'Veon Tomlinson. I'm, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying is everybody shit on that pick because he was a running back, not because of who he was as a player. Well, but you have to shit on that pick because even a Hall of Fame running back, how long do they last in the league? Again, but it's about how you use them. But you're not, dude. There, there was no way that the Giants Emmett were Smith going from twenty years in the league, damn near. Right, and that's and 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 that's an outlier. That's a rare thing. It doesn't happen. I'm just saying the is average, the average length of a of a career for a running back is like six years. I'm just and saying, you're, and you're bringing the guy in. You're gonna let him have a year or two of shitty years to learn the NFL and learn how how play calling is done, going from college to NFL. So that's two years. That's almost a quarter. That's a quarter of his fucking a third of his. But his, with, that's every career. player, though. That's every player. I will, I will say this: they weren't a running back away from if winning. They, they weren't a running back away from being in contention. They weren't. They Listen, weren't running back away. a running back away or a player away when you're drafting that high in the draft. But the but problem you, is also there. They were at that point. They were not going to look up. They were not looking for Eli's successor. They believed that at that point, Eli could kill, still play, and that shouldn't have been the idea. It should have been looking for a successor now. Um, and the problem also is you didn't improve your line offensive line for a running back. You draft the running back in the first round. You don't improve your line. This is not a guy. And that's Saquon coming Barclays. off of how many seasons with Flowers where they have to keep moving him back and forth because he can't get in anybody's way. It was two with seasons. Eli getting lit up. And they cut him. Yeah. It was a waste. But it's just it's just the thing is Gettleman's picks never panned out. They didn't pick. He he did the right thing this year where he traded back. He got the number one pick from the Bears. But he drafted Darius Tony. Right. And look at the shit show that guy is. That He, didn't, he, led the, he was one of the team – Leaders in receptions, but he never scored a touchdown. He was constantly hurt the entire year. It just didn't work out again. And, and, the, only, and the only thing he talked about is his off the field yeah. bullshit. He, he's Odell Beckham Jr. without the talent. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. if you're not wow. on the stat sheet, if you're not on the stat sheet, bro, and and you're not and you're not sitting there racking up touchdowns, shut yeah. the fuck up. No one cares. I was hurtful. I felt that he's like he's Odell Beckham Jr. without the talent. It's a fact. Oh my, he's a Jesus. Who just cares to close what the my, fuck he thinks? Just to close in the Giants here, because I know we've been going a little long here in the Giants, just that it's been an embarrassing year. I, I know you guys are going to say we're Jet fans. We haven't seen Super Bowl. At least you saw it too. So I'm not complaining too much. No, no. no I, I, you're on our level now. You're with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm worth getting there, but I'm not. 
completely like to the level like I'm frustrated and never seen the Super Bowl. I've seen it and it, it was fun, but I just want a team that's competent at this point. And it's frustrating because I know with the GM, the coach pick that's coming, this is not going to be fixed in a year. This is something that's going to take some time. That means I'm not going to be seeing relevant giant games until probably, you know, two years from now. Which yeah, but you know what? To, to segue into the Jets, because that's our next topic anyway. Yeah. You, you, you don't need to be in playoff contention a year out, uh, running a new system, bringing a new GM, new new coach. You just want to see improvement. And, I, you know, going into the Jets, I, I Zach Wilson had a rough start, but look where he's coming from. He's come from BYU. I mean, he, he's coming into the NFL, and, and it's, it's a learning process. It, there's a big learning curve there, and I think – uh, any Jeff fan would be proud of the way the season ended up and how Wilson progressed. He got hurt there in the middle. You know, we got that little bit of excitement out of Mike White, you know, thinking that he was the, you know, John Elway of uh, the New York Jets. But it, it, that didn't pan out. It, it, that was a fun game to watch, you know, but, uh, you know, fun Jets quarters. Yeah, Jets fans were like trying to, you know, hang his jersey in Canton, uh, you know, six quarters in. His, but, his jersey is in Canton. Well, why did they do that again for that week? I can't remember. He did something, and they were like, that was the first time that's ever been done. Right. Uh, stat, uh, stat guy Sal, why'd they put Mike White's jersey in Canton? Let us know about that. We'll keep yeah, going. So Sal, get back to us. But I think building – I love Robert Sala. I love his fire. I mean, you look at that last game. Uh, I forget what call it was, but it was a bullshit call, and he's out on the field touchdown. screaming at the ref. It was the touchdown, right? It's a touchdown. Yeah. So I, I I love that fire. I like Robert Sala a lot. I think he is a great fit for this team. I think he's a great fit for New York. I like his press conferences because instead of having Joe Judge fucking uh, the other team in New York, because the Bills don't count their Canada, <laughs> the other team in New York uh, uh, where Joe Judge is dancing around questions and, and saying, well, at least I don't see golf clubs in front of people's fucking lockers. It's like, what does that have to do with anything, dude? You're not seeing anything in front of their lockers because they don't want to be around you. You suck. But I, I, I think Robert Sala has a good grip on the locker room. I think everybody in that locker room respects him. He has a good group of young guys. They're building from the ground up. I like the j direction of the Jets a lot. I like Zach Wilson a lot. I'm sitting here confident knowing that going forward, he's our quarterback and we can build around him. He There's a, a tremendous upside for this team, and I'm actually really excited being a Jet fan right now. So, uh, Nick, what do you think? I'm getting emotional because I've never seen him this happy. <laughs> Um, I, I, I really like, I haven't seen fire like Robert Sala since Rex Ryan. Yeah. And those were good days. There's a lot days. of fans out there that like to shit on Rex these days. I, I don't understand why Rex has been the most successful head coach for the New York jets in the last 50 some odd years. Um, and I love Rex and I will always love Rex. Did he end up leaving uh bad? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no coach gets fired because they're doing great. Right. Like you might retire, but no coach gets fired because they're winning games. That that's just a fact. Uh, Sal says they honored Mike White in Canton because his 37 completions were the most by any quarterback in his first start. Just that's why his jersey's in Canton. Thank you. Congratulations, Thank you, Mike White. Good job, Mike White. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, that's got to be a soundbite, by the way. Uh. I do feel like I, one of the bigger things for me with the Jets team is that I feel like the players actually like each other. Uh, Michael Carter, Zach Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore, they all seem to really get along, those three rookies. Dude, Barrios. 
Berrios, um, Michael Carter, the second, excuse me, the other Michael Carter, defensive Michael. I don't want to call him the other defensive Michael Carter, uh, Bryce Hall, although he's not a rookie, he's he's there, he's in the mix. Uh, Brennan Eccles, I think those guys are are proud of their uh, de- the defensive back core with the three of them. We need safeties, yes. We need linebackers, yes. Uh, our defensive line needs some reinforcements, absolutely, because our depth there is trash. Um, our offensive line. Here, here is my my big comparison between the Giants and the Jets. Both teams were plagued by in- injuries, right? And and a lot of Giants fans will defend Joe Judge by saying he didn't have a great, uh, he didn't have a great, uh, he didn't have a uh, he had a dearth of talent in his organization because a lot of their players were uh, injured throughout the year. The Jets and the Giants were among the top what four teams of injuries yeah. this year. Uh, it's got to be the stadium. I've been saying it for weeks. The stadium's cursed or something like that. Or there's something wrong with the field. It can't be that the Jets, the Giants are always getting injured there. And then last year, if I remember right, the 49ers were like, they need to look at that field because our whole team tore their ACL in one game. It, it was crazy. Like like three guys tore their ACL playing at MetLife in one game. Uh, that guy, Sal, says it's Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, uh, Sal, I don't know if you know this, but that was before. That was the Meadowlands. That, that was a different stadium. Yeah. There's a different stadium, but uh, <laughs> but his body but, should technically still be there. But dude, Nick, actually, you would have the same little, rounds. You you would have the same insight on uh, on that field because technically, I believe the Giants uh paid for the Curtis High School football field, and it was created uh, built by the same company that uh laid down the field in in MetLife. Really, I believe I saw, so. I saw somebody tear their ACL at Curtis's field like the first season we played there. There we go. There we go. Uh, but, but point being is, is that if you watch the Jets season, you know, you talk about, oh, well, the Giants had Jake Fromm and they had, uh, Mike Glennon playing quarterback. The Jets had Mike White playing quarterback and they won a game against the Bengals who are in the playoffs with Mike White as their quarterback. I've never seen the Jets wins. Look at the Jets wins. We beat the Bengals and the Titans. And, 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 and one of my things I, I, I was telling somebody, I said, but the Jets lost about four games by a touchdown or less. Yeah, with no wide receivers, with no running backs, with no quarterback at some points, we we stayed competitive. Even this last week, people look at the the Jets offense total. It was like 30 something yards passing total because of so many sacks. And yet they were in the game in the fourth quarter, almost beat the uh, defending Super Bowl champions. And, And you know what? That that I think is a big, you know, tip of the cap to Robert Sala. The guy's coming up with a game plan and using what he has. To win, and I, that's why I don't think you, you cannot let a coach sit there and lean back and, and and just use the excuse of "Oh, look at the only injuries I have." That's fine. You want to, you know, the reason why you didn't go into the playoffs because the injuries, and that doesn't mean you absolutely get embarrassed week to week. roll over. Yeah, you, you just don't uh, bend over and take it. Sal, who was the uh, the Jets um, the Jets coach? Uh, that when Salah was on COVID, that they, he won that game the other day. Because maybe somebody needs to talk to him about being a head coach somewhere. Uh, it was his first time he was ever a head coach. He stepped in for Robert Salah when he was in, when he was out with COVID. The Jets were down what twenty two players on the COVID list, something like that. And like and like eleven of them were starters on either offense or defense. Um, the, uh, almost their entire wide receiver core and I think two offensive linemen were out. And Mom they won Middleton. the game. 
Ron Middleton. Thank you, thank Sal. you, Sal. Ron, somebody needs to call up Ron Middleton and give him an interview at the very minimum. No, they don't. Leave him in the organization. Yeah, you want to keep oh. with the Jets? Come on, okay. dude. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But I'm telling you right now, sale. I'm telling you this right now. The Giants are going to hire Brian Dayball, and he's going to suck. Oh yeah. Please or they're going to hire Adam Gase because no, Peyton Manning recommended. No, they're not. They're not going to do Adam Gase. I just want to point out that Adam Gase and Joe Judge had the same record over their two years. I know Joe Pajamas. Judge is fired though, so I don't care. Anyway, yeah, um, both of those oh, guys. Is this, from the, is this Jets, the first time, uh, like the Jets, that they are more hopeful right now than the New York Giants? In in recent memory, yeah, yeah. Not that they're more hopeful, but they have a better foundation to build off of. I agree, they do. Our, we have a lot of we we have a lot of um, depth in the positions yes. that matter, offensive and defensive line. When I said that our, our defensive line didn't have depth, I meant we didn't have game-changing depth. We have maintaining depth. We didn't have game-changing depth. And what I do what I do think is I hope that this graphic here that I'm pulling up will be changing, that we can have a, a 2022 over here and this this logo in the in the far far left on your screen, uh, right, depending on the way you're looking at it. But uh, the 2010 will go away, and uh, this will shrink this graphic down. So good. hopefully the Jets, you know, they come back strong next year and join the list of playoff teams. But um, That's her. that was an interesting graphic. The Jets are the like, last team to make the playoffs. And we're the fucking Browns now. You believe this shit? I, I feel is, the bro. same way. You know what? I'm, I'm still excited. Up. I'm excited for Sunday, and that's more than Giant fans can say. Uh, one last thing before we move on from the NFL. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, shared a tweet of a uh, a report card written by Cool Mo D in the 90s about rappers, and he was upset that Little Kim got a B. He said, show some respect to the Queen B. Too short with a C-plus is also questionable. So Ian Rappaport, he knows his rap. <laughs> moving on uh, from uh, Ian Rappaport and Rap, we're going to move on to the New York Rangers hockey. Oh, baby. I don't know. Tia, do you like the Rangers? Uh, you know what? I found this hat in the garbage, and I decided to be a fan. You know what, TJ? I, I, I think, you know what? You're such a huge fan. If it's okay, I think I'm going to W our Rangers guy. I, I appreciate right. that. Rook, I, would you disagree he's our Rangers guy? Or is that Rangers maybe, guy? We need to bring somebody in to be our Rangers guy. I think I think we're good with this guy right here. We're good with. Them. I want to hear that. him talk right now about the New York Rangers. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's All right. Rangers. I mean, COVID-ridden New York Rangers, right? Now. COVID-ridden New York Rangers. But I, 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 you know what? From what's gone on the last couple games, rough, rough loss to the Kings. Uh, we smoked the Ducks. Uh, beat by the Golden Knights, which, which again, you want to see wins out of those playoff contention teams. I mean, the Rangers are at the top of the list, and we're we're obviously looking good going going forward. We're going to be in the playoffs unless something catast- catastrophic happens, some catastrophe happens. Um, you want to see the team getting the wins and beating the uh, Lightning back to back games was a huge jump up. That was a huge step, and I. I, I I don't care what people say. It that that means something. You know what? Especially back to back nights. They what, what do they want? Let's see. Uh, the Rangers. The first game they they uh, won in uh, shootout four to three against the Lightning, and then they came out the next day and shut them out four zero. I was at that game. Nick, the the luck of Nick continues. I mean, they they don't lose while he's in the arena, so you can't beat that. But then if they followed up by donate some tickets to me to make sure that the Rangers <laughs> go undefeated at MSG. Holla at me, dog. 
Dial that number. Put it up we there. Might, for we might have to test that theory because you know what? If, if it rings true, I'm buying you season tickets. But I'll be sitting <laughs> right next to you. But if they lose, then I have to leave. <laughs> so um, following that game up with the the four to one win over the Oilers, the Oilers have some problems, folks. The Oilers are, you know, they're they're scratching their heads, sitting there wondering what the hell is going on. And Oilers fans have something to be worried about because that organization is about to. I think make some make some difficult decisions because they're on a downtrend big time. And when you have they're gonna make a Gretzky decision, dude. When you have the best player in the league, undoubtedly best player in the league, that, that should be fearful. I mean, hey, listen, I, I'll donate some money to the Rangers if we can steal Connor McDavid from them and load them up with some cash. I I'm honestly cannot, I still can't get that image of him just juking the entire Rangers team, not just the defense, everybody. Yeah. Four guys, five guys on the ice. I think one guy got away. He was off to the side somewhere, but he dribbled beyond all five of those guys. Yeah, that was cut ridiculous. Them up pieces and scored. And I just sat there and I was just like, "That happened." Yeah, it was embarrassing. It was. But you know what? I'm it, mad because he was bold enough to do it. Yeah, but it, listen, the Rangers have having the COVID issues, but every league's having COVID issues. You, you're losing your top guys all the time. Um, it, it's just the cycle we're going through uh, with what's going on in the world. Um, I like I like the fact that Mika Zavanajad seems to be coming on strong, and, and he's the Mika of old, and, and putting the puck in the back of the net. I, I like the Rangers going forward. I want to see them get more wins versus playoff contention teams. Like I said, we we lost the Capitals opening up the year. We got destroyed by the Avalanche. You know, two games in a row almost. Uh, what do they play twice in a week against them? Um, you you, you want to see them start to win against uh, these playoff teams, teams that they're going to face in the playoffs. But I, I, I like Gallant. I like what the organization's doing there. I like the fire. Um, I, I like the team. I like who we have. And I'm, I'm excited, dude. Going, going into the playoffs, I'm very excited. I, I love this team. I love this town. And I, I want to see uh, another banner get raised in the garden. And I think this year there's definitely – the potential. I, I got to look up the stats, but um, or, or the odds right now. But I think we're we pretty high on the list to to the odds for the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup. We're up there. I think like top five or top six. What I, what I like is when you talk when you hear them talk to the younger guys like Kako and Lafreniere. Uh, when you ask them what's the difference between this year and last year, and I love that they take the little subtle digs at JD. And yeah. I'm not sorry, not JD. Uh, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Quinn, uh, DQ. I, I love when they take the little digs because they're saying, Hey, I get to play with a better player now. I get more consistency. I get, I don't have to worry about having a bad day and being on the fourth line tomorrow. Um, and, and I think that says a lot about, uh, about Turk and how he's running the team. Um, they get that familiarity. They get to that point, and you heard it from Panarin before the season started in preseason. He said something along the line. He, he made a blindside pass, and they go, do you practice that? He goes, no. He goes, so you saw him there? And he goes, no. And he goes, so you just threw it back there and just didn't know who was going to be back there? He was like, no, I knew he was going to be back there. I just didn't see him. He's like, I never passed the puck blindly without knowing what – I just know he's going to be back there. And, and that's a sign of – camaraderie that's a, a sign of of chemistry and players getting to know each other and feel like you know there's that joke in mr 3000 where boca knows i'm gonna bunt because he's thinking what i'm thinking 
same crap. You know, like you're in, you're in the NHL. Like I know, I know Breadman passed me the puck. Right. Yeah. That, that's what's happening right there. Strom is sitting there thinking that. Whoever else is on the ice at that moment, they're thinking that because they work together so much that that that's what they're feeling. And you know, it it it, it works. I'm I'm happy with where they're at. I think jet lag is a real friggin' thing. Every time any team from the East Coast goes to the West Coast, you always see us get beat up, uh, unless the team is really bad. If we have to play against any and and it's in any sport other than maybe football, because all football games are played at one or four o'clock. And generally speaking, yeah. if you're playing on the West Coast and it's an East Coast team playing them, the game's the game's gonna be at 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 four uh Eastern. It's not gonna be at one o'clock. They're not playing a, a 10 o'clock in the morning game on the West Coast. Yeah. So I will just say, just a while, because we've, we've been live on ColorCast here, so I just want to say goodbye to ColorCast. Thank you for anyone who tuned in. We had one comment. It was for us to talk about the Eagles. So if you want to talk Eagles, uh, tune into Fired Up. They're part of the Belly Up Network. They're a Philadelphia uh, podcast. Uh, so tune into them. But that's it for uh, ColorCast. So see you guys later. Thanks for Good tuning night. in. Right. As far as – um. The uh, stat stat guy Sal comes back and says uh, Rangers are plus twenty five. Yeah, I just seen that. And I'm actually surprised, especially with the uh, Tampa Bay. I think is uh, number four on that list, and we just back to back drudged them. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to throw a hundred hundo little uh, Finsky, uh, maybe five hundred on the Rangers. Wow, look at this change my life right now. You no, want to throw that money away? Just give it to me. No, nah, uh, I'm going to throw a hundred bucks on the Rangers. Uh, I think tonight. Plus, plus 2,500 sounds really good to me, and considering the, that, they, they, that I just looked at that line, too. Thank you, Sal. Uh, I mean, you have teams like St. Louis ahead of them. Like, really? Edmonton plus 1,200 to win the East. Edmonton? Yeah. All right, I hold mean, on. I don't bet on sports, but I just did. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Said the plus 1,200 to win the East. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Good, good odds on that, too. Yeah, I'll run it down for you real quick. I I just had it pulled up once. I have it here, TJ. I already have it up. I got you. you so Colorado it? is plus five fifty. Toronto Maple Leafs are plus seven hundred. Tampa Bay plus seven fifty. Number three on the list, and we just back to back shellac them. So mm, Vegas Golden Knights number four plus eight hundred. I would think they would be ahead of Tampa. Florida is plus nine hundred. Carolina plus fourteen hundred. Pittsburgh plus sixteen hundred. Get off the Pittsburgh bandwagon. I don't care what they've done in the past. They're an old team. They're going nowhere. I was just going to say they're old. They're an old team. team. They're going nowhere. Washington Capitals plus 1,700. They should be ahead of both Carolina and Pittsburgh. I was just thinking the same thing. I feel like you and I are sharing a brain right now. Absolutely, (laughs) because it's called common sense, and people don't have it. Uh, Minnesota plus 2,000. They're going nowhere. Boston plus 2,000. They're going nowhere. Calgary and St. Louis plus 2,500. They're both going nowhere. I'm sorry. I If if I'm being a, a fair fan, a fair NHL fan, the Rangers are ahead of Calgary. They're ahead of St. Louis. They're ahead of Boston. They're ahead of Minnesota and somewhere between Washington and Pittsburgh. Yeah. What, what book did you use? Is that FanDuel? Uh, this one is covers. It's just they're, uh, they they go by, um I guess, Vegas odds. Oh, all right. I was going to say it's different on DraftKings. Is it? I just downloaded FanDuel. No, DraftKings, just some of the ones you went over, like there are some of the odds are better on the one you read as opposed to DraftKings, but it could have moved because you know okay. things don't change with line. So gotcha. Yeah. But I I I find that very surprising. Plus 2,500 to win the Stanley Cup. Listen, do I think the Rangers are gonna win the Stanley Cup this year? I'm not gonna sit here and say confidently, yes, I think that is, but I I, I plus twenty five hundred right there. 
hundred dollar bet. Uh, I mean, that's that's yeah. the odds are with you. I think you you got a good chance. I, I think that's a joke. I think the Rangers, as a team, have been running hot. And I think if you're going to take a chance on anybody looking to make money, not saying plus five fifty isn't a good way to make money. Sure, it is, and Aval- the Avalanche deserve to be up there at the top. But I think I you're 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 finding about a free thousand dollars in that bet. Yeah, it's a solid, solid bet there. I think if you bet a hundred dollars on the Rangers to, to win the Stanley Cup right now and they win, what is that? A twenty-five thousand dollar win? No, no, it's twenty-five hundred on a hundred dollar bet. You win twenty-five hundred. You did all that math in your head and you over twenty-five thousand. <laughs> this is why I don't gamble on sports. Yeah, uh, so plus twenty-five hundred is based off a hundred dollar bet. It's always based off a hundred dollar bet. Yeah, it's always based on a hundred dollar bet. Awful. Yep. What's awful is when I cash that bet in. And it's still not even enough to buy a four-game ticket to the Rangers for the next season. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, uh, for you and me, yes, it's not enough. Tickets running like 120 bucks right now. No, but if you come off a Stanley Cup, James Dolan's going to be like, oh, yeah, you want to see a game? $1,000. <laughs> good have to on him. Through. Good on him. Make some money for the garden. Why not? So moving on from the Rangers, uh, the Yankees hire the first female coach in the history of professional baseball, Rachel Balkovec, to coach the Class A short season Tampa Tarpons, which is an awful name. Uh, What are your thoughts? Talk to me, TJ. I think she tests pretty high on the strokeability scale. (laughs) Showing. <laughs> Temple. That was awful. I can't believe you just did that to me. All right. I liked it because it was Wayne's world. Um, right. I honestly know absolutely nothing about her. I hope it's not a woke hire. I hope it's a legitimate hire. I hope she has a background in coaching. Um, something to the effect of taking over. I, I understand that it's a you know low A ball. But still, you're talking about shaping the future of the Yankees or the potential future of the Yankees. So I think if it's a woke hire, it's a stupid hire. But I have no problem seeing where it goes. Like I said, I know absolutely nothing about her. I don't know her background. I don't know her history in the sport. I don't I'm not going to sit here and be one of these old school guys and tell you that I don't think a woman can do that job because a woman can do any job. I mean, it's it's. Being a man or a woman has nothing to do with it. And, I mean, just because history says it's always been men doesn't mean shit. But in that same aspect, if you're going to make woke hires and say, oh, we got to do this for, uh, I guess, our PR, you're fucking stupid. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business and you're there to make money. You hire the best candidate. So I'm going to sit here and assume she was the best candidate. And, uh, you know, good luck going forward. And I hope she makes a name for herself. I hope she has a ridiculous win-loss record. And really, you know, proves that they have every right to be in those positions. And we move forward, you know, away from that stigma of everything. You know, it's a man's world, all that good stuff. But again, I mean, that, that that's being hopeful because today's political climate. We know how PR motivates overall all other things. Nice comments, T. So go ahead, Rook. So this one was contentious in our group chat this week. Me and Nick were going back and forth because I thought it was – I think it's – not. I don't, I don't know her personally or know anything about her or her schedule or, you know, her resume. But, you know, she's been in the Yankees organization since 2019. Um, she was a minor league hitting coach. Uh, I, think it, I think it's progress too as well. So I, I applaud the hire. 
I, I agree with you. It's kind of TJ too. I, I don't want it to be just a woke hire, but I think she does have enough credentials to be in the position that she's in. And I think the most important thing isn't whether or not we care if the low A Tampa Tarpons, is that what they're Tarpons, whatever are they? Tarpons. It's a tarpons. fish. It's a, yeah, it's a fish. Yeah. It's like the it's size a, of a dolphin, by the way. If, you're, if you've never seen a tarpon, like they're, they're, no, they're massive. And I'm not like a marlin. That's like a marlin. Marlins they're, are they're big. Not a, yo, no, they're not as big as marlins. But they're an impressive fish. The only reason I know that is me, my wife, uh, my buddy Steve Scotty, and his girlfriend were hanging out. Knowles. We were hanging out on a cruise, uh, eating lunch in the Caribbean. I believe we were at St. Thomas. I want to say, possibly St. Martin, and we were eating lunch on this uh, little, you know, outdoor uh, eating uh, venue that was on a cliff over water and. What do you know they have right there? Boom, a ladder going down into water to snorkel. So me and my buddy, after a couple of drinks, jumped in the water to snorkel, and we got surrounded by a school of tarpon, and I was scared shitless because they are literally about seven or eight feet long and probably weigh two to 300 pounds. Thank you, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, thank you. I'm, thank I'm, you I'm just the... saying, I'm just saying, if you did a little Listen, tarpoon, like it's a fucking tampoon. Relax, Brooke. Tampoon. Okay. A tarpon is a massive fish. All right. No, I know. I know. I get it. I was, I I was, I was mispronouncing it. So that's why I look to you guys. This is fucking pro fishing. Me, me mispronouncing something. Shocker. But no, I think, you know, she has the history here. I mean, she, she was a you know professional softball player. She has a background in, in baseball. She was a, she was a college softball player. College softball player. But still, oh, I, I mean, that's essentially college professional. Softball. Yeah. So, my thing is, it's not whether or not she wins them to a championship. No one really cares about low low A ball besides the team. It's the fans are in the area. Your job is to job is, is to true. develop talent. Yes, exactly. If she develops talent well, that's what's important here. And I think in listening to her interview today, she sounded very good. I think you know at this point, I think you give her a shot. You know, she's been with the organization. She's been with other organizations. She's been with St. Louis prior to the Yankees. It's not like she just came out of nowhere and they're like, "We're going to hire this woman." Uh, as that guy Sal said, she was the first woman to coach the MLB All Star Futures Game, so she's coached there as well. I mean, it's it. She has have a resume there. Is it as extensive as let's say a male? Uh, you know, coach as everyone else, else. right? But that as, as everyone else, as that everyone else, matter. Matter. but let me. Let me say, but also the opportunities that women are giving to coach in the MLB or the MILB is not as much as a man would. So for her to have a resume that she has right now, working with the Yankees for a couple of years and working with St. Louis since 2015 is the extensive knowledge or resume that she's going to get because the opportunities are just not there for women. So I think in this, it shows progress. Last year we had the, I think it was last year, it was over 2020, the Marlins hired a female GM for the first time ever. So I think with Major League Baseball moving towards that, you know, allowing women in the front office um, instead of just on the sidelines doing reporting. I think it's progress for women. I think it's important. And I know I speak from a girl dad's perspective, so I want to see women to get more opportunities, especially, you know, if my daughter wants to go that way. I don't want her to be discriminated against because she's a woman, but she might have the knowledge and the information, but because she never got the opportunity before, her resume may not be as good as a man who has gotten those opportunities. And I think me and Nick, with we were going back and forth about this, is that her resume might be extensive, but it's only might be because the opportunities were not there, which Listen, is my that, main point. Right. But, I, I, that's a great point. 
and, and, and that's all well and good, and I'm all for progress. But again, I don't like uh, if it's a woke hire, right? And it, it's it, it. You know what? To sum it up, plain and simple, the best person for the job should get the job, and that's how it should be, regardless of race, religion, uh, male, female, whatever the hell you want to call yourself, you're Martian. I don't care if you're the best person for the job. Great, and I I'm assuming she's the best person for the job. And I agree with you that I think this should, if she is and has success, open more doors and more alleyways for women to get into sports. She may be better than Aaron Boone. <laughs> I mean, anybody's better than Aaron Boone. So don't, I mean, that would be taking a dig at her, if anything. <laughs> so my, my position on this situation is it is a woke hire. She doesn't have the background to do this job at all. Uh, Sal's telling us that she got hired to be the hitting instructor in 2019, except that there was no... She was hired in November of 2019. There was no 2020 season. So she's been a hitting coach for one year and was was promoted to manager the following season. Every year before that, every year before that, she was the strength and conditioning coach. That would be like making the strength and conditioning coach of the Giants the head coach tomorrow. Never coached anything football related. Just trained people on how to be athletes. Because that's what the strength and conditioning coach does. Like my my trainer, his name is Gary. He is a strength and conditioning coach. He went to college for that. She has two college degrees to be a strength and conditioning coach. Gary can't coach baseball either. Now, I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve to be a a manager at some point. I'm saying is there's probably like 200 dudes in minor league baseball that have never been a manager, but they've been the hitting coach, the bench coach, the pitching coach for five or six or seven or 10 years already, either in college or the pros, or they've been a manager in college or the pros and the Yankees put her in a position. And this is my concern as a minority is they put her in a position to be the manager with very limited, with very limited experience. If she fails, her detractors will blame it on the fact that she's a woman, not that she's inexperienced. I heard Tim was available though. That, that is a concern. Like I, I, for me, like I remember when president Obama was, was elected president, there was a lot of conversation about, He's only been a senator for so long. And in my head as a minority, I was like, if he fails, they'll never elect another minority again because he failed. But if he fails, it won't be because he's a minority. It'll be because either he's inexperienced or the people around him failed him. And that's the same thing with her. But the detractors will say, no, 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 no. She failed because she's a woman. And that's not true. That's not going to happen. The only way she could possibly fail because she's a woman is if she had some sort of like misconduct with a, a player. That, that's the only way that could happen. I think if I, she fails, I, it's because she's inexperienced. You can't go from imagine like you're a first day hitting instructor and you become the manager tomorrow. I mean, didn't the Yankees get criticized for hiring Aaron Boone and he had zero experience? I, I think even though he played major league baseball for he played professional baseball for 15 or 16 years, major league 13 years, but professionally he played for 15 or 16 years and he had no coaching experience whatsoever. Right. And the Yankees were like, seriously, you're hiring this guy. And to this day, the Yankee Yankee fans still hate Aaron Boone. Yeah. And he has no, he had no experience before coming here. I think they, you, you have to acknowledge the fact that, I mean, she to run a locker room and to be a manager, you have to be in the locker room. And what does she have to step out for 20 minutes while they're getting changed and, and dressed and undressed? And I, well, I mean, I'm, that's where a lot of conversations happen where you're just starting your day out and you walk up to a guy at his locker, like, Yeah, how you feeling? You feeling strong today? All right, you're going. 
I, you know, I'm going with you. And I, I feel like there's, there, there's, there's a reason why in sports you shouldn't be, you know, of the opposite gender in that locker room. And I think that that sets up a barrier and it's It's not going to help you win a locker room or, or gain that camaraderie with your team. T nobody makes that complaint about softball coaches who are men in college, but they don't have to be in a locker room though. They do I, though. It's the same thing. It's the same situation. They don't but, though, dude, because you're talking about college where it, it's a different scenario where you still have to be hired team, and keep your job as a coach in college. I, I understand, but where as a college softball team where you're in the locker room, you're getting dressed and stuff like that, and then you're going out onto the field. Other than a lot of time is spent in the MLB in the locker room. I mean, you're talking about guys getting worked on by the staff, by the training staff, by by the conditioning coaches, by you know. You know, jumping in the ice bath or whatever. You're talking about a lot of conversations that are happening over a few hours. These guys arrive at the stadium several hours before a game, and you're talking about not being in front of them and 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 just ex- even just exchanging, you know, kind words and, and, and hey, how's your day going? Yeah, what's going on? Like that's going to be a disconnect because it, just gonna, it, it will see, see out of place. Change the locker room, and they're going to say, "Listen, grab your clothes and go change in the bathroom." That's yeah, but that's that, that's again. That's going to create a barrier. That's going to create that like that's animosity of why do I, I have to it, fucking get dressed? By I do it in my job all the time when they let women in combat arms, and I was in the artillery. We just have to be careful about where we change when we're in the hood, or, or excuse me, when we're in the field. We have to change. Be careful about where we uh, where we you know take showers. We got to be careful about where we pop a squat, and take a piss, and that creates shit. resentment. That's, but it creates I'm resentment. It's annoying. It's not. It's not. It's not I'm annoying. Not I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying is you learn to live with it, and it is what it is. That's fine, but I'm just saying initially, you know what? There's there's I, I barriers stacked up against her. I think it's more important that she she walks a mile in her players' shoes. Me as a soldier, we have very we have very little regard for brand new lieutenants. You know why? Because I've been in the army for 15 years, and a brand new lieutenant who has never been in the army is now my boss. But I don't very much listen to what they have to say. They really got to listen to me because I have experience. She doesn't have any experience. She can't tell a brand new kid in class A what it's like to stand in the box against a 95-mile-an-hour fastball in a game that counts because she's never done it. I think that's a bigger concern. I, I do. Uh, I wish her all the luck in the world. I hope she does well because if she doesn't, people will use this as a reason for why women shouldn't be given opportunities. I and agree. to me, I don't think the Yankees put her in the best position to be successful. And they did it for wokeness. They, they they could have had her be the bench coach for the next three years, and then made her the ma- the, the manager. And I think well, that would have been a better I, a better option. And I hope I hope she does well. I wish her well. I think you know if this if this works out, it'll be a great movement for women. And the Yankees would have made a good move if this is a great baseball mind. But we're gonna bring Sal back in, give his quick point, and then we'll wrap up the show here because we're running out of time here. So Sal, what's your point here about uh, uh girl Rachel? Yeah, I'm good with with them hiring her as long as she's successful. It's only low A ball, so it's a good start. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But see, I, that's my that, that, Sal's mom. That, that's that's the that's the problem though. When's the last time we talked about a low A ball manager hire? That creates resentment as well. When history is being made, though, you're gonna, it's gonna be talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah, true. It, it's, I'm not, it's, I don't have a problem with it. It, it no, cool, I, yeah. I don't have a problem with it either. But again, I, I like I, I'm on either side of the fence. I, I see both points, but I understand where Nick's coming from because it does seem like a woke hire, and it I agree, don't it like you, yeah. right. You don't you don't see the credentials stacked up there saying like who else would you put there? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, it wasn't it the easy that she's the most qualified person in minor league baseball. That's crazy. One year as the hitting instructor. All right. Well, I think that's that does about wrap it up. So, Nick, bring us on home here. Absolutely. From all of us here at the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast, we want to thank you for being with us uh, and hearing us go on our harangues, rants, and craziness conversations about local sports and national sports. Uh, please come back to us next week. Please look out for our next uh, Screen Addicts Podcast that will be coming out. Look for us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We're on Colorcast. Instagram. We're on Tiki uh, on Tiki TV. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, follow our guy, that guy Sal. Follow us all individually on the Twitters and the, and all that stuff out there. We tweet them's pretty good. Um, again, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. Have a good day. The Giants are still pajamas. Have a good one. <laughs> Stay rock.